Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. Today, we're gonna continue my conversation with Logan Wolf, and we're gonna discuss how he transitioned his traditional ministry into a house church movement. What years were those? So that would bring us to, so eight years in, we're we're coming, so by the, um, so the end of that season would have been 2019. So we started 2015, 2016, we started doing multi-site. Yeah. Um, by that end of that season, so as we we're approaching 2019, um, I just get to just really like spiritually discontent, um, kind of what I'm seeing in our church and like frustrated and, and like, my, it's coming out in my prayers and it's coming out and like, just like, Lord, what is what's happening? And one of the biggest frustrations was all of my time and energy and money is going towards holding up this huge structure um and we're putting on this very poorly produced underfunded one-man show every sunday and that's it like that just going from one sunday to the next and we're not making any disciples in fact i remember that i think one of the things that kind of kicked this off is i looked around the room and there wasn't anyone in the room that i had brought to jesus and was walking with like showing them how to follow follow Christ and I was like, I'm not I'm not even making disciples mm. um, and so we tried to it's one of those things like I realized this big huge problem and I thought I can correct this with like a really dynamic four part sermon series you know I'm gonna give me a good hashtag um, and they're like this will fix it and so I did I preached. I'm so stupid. I like preached on, you know, we, we did a series on the Great Commission and the one on the Great Commandment. We did a series on neighboring. We did a series on all the one another commands. And like nothing's like yes. landing, which is just getting me more frustrated. I remember in one Sunday, I remember like in the flesh, like this is, I stood up in the, in the pulpit and I'm like, you guys are just a bunch of consumers and just a bunch of spectators and you're just coming and just watching. And then I said, Okay, come back next Sunday and watch as we wrap up our series on. And it like clicked. Like I like I calling them consumers and then telling them to come back and just watch me. And I, and I was like, wait a minute. I this is not their fault. Like we are like what we have is what we're set up to get. Right. So this is a leadership issue. This is my fault. I have no right to stand up here and, and like berate them. They're just doing what was expected. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is me. And so I was like, oh. And so that was like a gut check. And uh, I began at that point preaching through the book of Acts. Mm. And uh, we're just going to go in chapter by chapter and verse by verse. And uh, I remember getting to Acts 17. And in Acts 17, you've got the disciples in Thessalonica. They're drugged before the authorities. And they're accused of turning the world upside down. And all they were doing was just making disciples and living out their faith in Jesus. It wasn't like a political, you know, uh, coup, or there wasn't like protest in the street. They were just living for Jesus, mm. and it was so disruptive and it was so countercultural to that city 
that the only way they could describe it, so this is Acts 17, verse 6, is that they are turning the world upside down. Right. And I remember reading that, studying that, and then preaching it to our church, and I just I told our church, I said, hey, look here, no one would ever accuse us of this. Like, no one is looking at what's happening here and saying, man, those, those, that church over there, they're turning Utah upside down. And uh, I said, that's not, guys, I... I didn't move here to just play at church. Like I moved here to reach people and I want, I want it to be said that we're turning Utah upside down. Mm. And so we made some big shifts and it became clear, like this is okay. We have to do something drastic. And so the drastic thing we decided to do is what you just alluded to. Um, is we sold the buildings <laughs> and, <laughs> and moved I just, you know, I just I'm so glad to meet you. Uh, <laughs> you're like the only person I've ever known who's done this. It was like, yeah, we sold, got out of the buildings and moved, decided we're going to move into a network of house churches and we are going to give all of our time and energy to living in community as we see what we're commanded to do. You know, there's, there's 49 one another commands, like things we can't do without community. Right. Um, and then we're going to make disciples. Like we're going to push into our neighborhoods and we're going to impact the people closest to us. And we're going to, you know, we're going to live out our faith during the week and not just one hour on a Sunday. Um, the thing is, Which none is... of us have ever been part of a house church. So. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 usually is a multi that's like a generational thing if you're if it's normal to you you tend to gravitate towards it but otherwise it's it's weird and let me just say that that's it's so impressive to me because first of all you set it up with acts because again that sounds a lot more like first century church yeah and you and i are, are friends we've talked about how the church is people right right the structure is nice not in dissing structures the structures contain the church yeah. right <laughs> and so i think that was a great priority and I'm just trying to wrap my brain around this because, you know, I've got a planting background. I've got a revitalization background. The fact that they would go with that, there's a lot of revitalization people who'd be like, how did you do that? Because, <laughs> well, because there's, there's the bureaucracy of getting that done. And then, you, you, so basically, I'm going to put two different avenues here for you to talk about and you can decide. But like, there's a revitalization. How do you get that done just from a logistical standpoint? Because you have people who are pastoring it in churches. They're bless their heart. There've been great faithful churches, but their building is kind of the only remnant. You might have people that are going to be in a replant situation, or you might have people who are also trying to get out of the plateau and declining years of their yeah. church. And then you also have the aspect that, you know, when you talk about a church building, especially in an area that is underserved, that's like the Holy grail for a lot of planters. I yeah. mean, walking away from the building is like walking away from your identity. Yeah. I, you and I still have teams and friends and people who come out and they literally say, well, you identify as a missionary pastor type person. Where's your church? And, and, <laughs> and they literally look at you like you have sprung a second head when you do not produce some kind of steepled building with a parking lot and a church van. Yeah. And so just talk to me about that migration and then just the change in culture. Yeah, it's, well, you're absolutely right. I remember when we were on deputation back on the East Coast, like raising finances to come out to Utah again and again. 
I mean, so many pastors told us that when you get out there, you got to start a building fund. You're going to start saving like right away. First Sunday, start saving money for a building. You're going to want to cast that vision. Even as you're into some temporary spot, cast vision for a building. Hey, people out there are used to buildings. You're going to have a building. And well, people like that, the Bible Belt are used to building. That's, <laughs> that's absolutely right. It's absolutely right. And, and I get that. Um, and I'm not against buildings at all. I no, love no. having my own office. I love being able to, you know, we let other people use the buildings. We had two other churches renting from us at one point. I mean, so it was utilized. Um, so I don't, I don't knock it, but buildings have a way. And I think it's because they take so much. There's, it's always cost. It always, always upkeep. There's always maintenance. There's always, I mean, there's always something. And because of that, they have a way of capturing our affection and our attention. And it pulls our eyes off the harvest and it pulls it more towards the barn. Yeah. And, you know, and so that's, that's just the nature of it. And I think anyone is going to, who has I mean, just it's just something to acknowledge and be aware of. It's like, hey, there's always going to be a pull towards just the facilities, and so you know we're prepping this multi-site ministry towards we're about to dump the facilities, and there were some people as soon as we suggested it, kind of thought we were moving towards illegitimacy as far okay. as ministry, and so we we did lose people as soon as we started talking about it while we we're still in the buildings. We had a number of people say, yeah, okay, we're going to track with you. We see this. And then, you know, from last the last Sunday in the buildings to the first Sunday in the houses, for all the talk and the preparation and the explanation, 60% of our people didn't show up. Mm. And, and of course, it, you know, you're thinking, oh, is this the right? But you sold the building. Like, there's no, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there's no, like, it's going, man. Like, we're doing this, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was a shift and it was a shift because so many of us, that was the, what we're used to, like we were gathering in buildings, right. we, that's what we're used to, many people coming from other parts of the country were used to that, people from Mormon or Catholic backgrounds were with us, used to facilities. So for everyone, like no one had ever experienced anything other than that. And so right. it's like the blind leading the blind, because I'm trying, like I have a biblical blueprint and principles of what it looks like to live in community i've never experienced it i don't you know and so that was that whole first year was just a roller coaster of um ups and downs and missteps and you know burning myself out and and frustrating people and but we're at a place now yes so we've been doing it three and a half years um, and there really is rich, vibrant community in a sense that like I've never experienced before. Like this is, is powerful and stuff happening. It is, we're moving towards a, with each other on not quite day by day, but the, man, there's gatherings happening throughout the week, um, just naturally, organically, um, and God adding to the church. I mean, we're, so if we average it out over the last couple of years, we're seeing, one person a week repent and believe and be baptized. That's amazing. And so we just had our since July 2020, so mid pandemic, we just had our 90th baptism. I think that's amazing. Sunday. I mean, so and, it's like Logan. That's what I want people to hear. It was crazy because, because basically, it's like, are you reading your church planning book upside down? 
because it seemed or backwards or something. It's like you kind of basically just turned it all on its ear, right? Or you, you know, it's kind of like you know you're you're doing metric and imperial and you're getting them mixed up. You're, you're just kind of again, you just turned all the gears and all the knobs in the opposite direction. And for some people, like, well, that's just clearly going to be this is going to be the cautionary tale and roll credits. But the thing is that you're you have to understand that there's people who need to hear this because in missions. Those of us who are gra- who gravitate towards more of a missional type experience uh, for ministry, because again, I don't have a single thing. I interview people all the time from churches that are 150 years old that they've established in the community, and I think that they're doing wonderful ministry. But there needs to be a few crazy people out there like us who are like <laughs> kind of thinking. I look overseas at what people are doing. So the joke I've always said is. 12 people under a tree in, a, in another country is a church, but 12 people under a tree here is, you know, loitering. Right. And so I think Literally. that, That's awesome. and so I think that there's, you know, there's got to be a little bit of an openness to a first century paradigm because you had situations where at the time it, it was, a lot of it was out of necessity. And it's also now out of necessity right. expense uh, issues. You, you're talking about the building what people forget to do is they just think the building's the mortgage. You know, the upkeep of the building is typically what they tell you to do is double your mortgage because that's at least going to be what your facility upkeep's yeah. going to be. And I think yeah. that there's times that people under expect that and then they end up always preaching from behind. There's always going to be that stewardship push yeah. because they under prepared their congregation for those right. responsibilities. And, and people are like, I just tired of us talking about money. And so I think that for your particular instance, again, I'm not necessarily saying this has to be normative for everybody, but there needs to be people out there who might be listening that says, you know, that might be a viable path forward because what people are looking for is that, that discipleship, that rich discipleship. We're out of time, but we'll continue this conversation on our next episode. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.